Welcome to the Salty and Shiny Life Podcast, where our faith guides us and we get to learn from each other. I'm your host, Erin, with Mathena Counseling and Consulting. Join us as we dive into ways we can embrace our faith and make a positive impact on the world around us as we learn from the journeys and experiences of others. Get ready to be encouraged, uplifted, and equipped as we learn from one another. Together, we can become the best versions of ourselves and shine brightly in a world that needs hope. It's time to live the salty and shiny life. And please don't forget to like and share with your friends. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that you are here with us today. Um, This is Denise Jolly, who I am just thrilled to have here. She's an author and a pastor and does wear so many hats. You do so many amazing things. I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) And I'm just excited that we get to talk about... um, Something that is near and dear to my heart, but, um, well, I think all of these topics are near and dear to my heart, but, you know, what it means to be salt and light in all of the things that life throws at us, yeah, the good and the bad. And so I'm just excited that we get to talk about these things. Um, and I have some great questions. I think this is going to be some really good conversation. So I'm just thrilled that you're here. Um, can you hear okay? Yep. Can you okay? You know what? Um, I'm going to open up us open us in prayer, if that's cool with you. Lord, we just thank you for how much you love us, and we just ask that um, our conversation be fruitful for you. That the things you would have us touch on, the things that you need other people to hear and understand. Um, or to have their eyes open to Lord, that those are the things that you would have us talk about. Um, and that everything just comes from you, Lord. We say these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. So first question, how do you personally define the concept of being salt and light for you, um, Mm -hmm. in aspects of life, especially when faced with challenges or hardships? Okay, um, I'm going to start with saying, I'm not going to lie and say that I always like exemplify what salt and light means in the face of adversity. But I think the raw answer to that for me would be confuse the enemy mm-hmm. when he expects you to be defeated and wrung out and disappointed and he's trying to bring you down to his level of hopelessness hold on to that thread yes pull it because it can when it confuses the enemy like i have taken everything i have whatever beat this person down and yet when all you can ever do because i've been there where all i can ever just say is just jesus and that to me is like without even having to go, I'm being salt and light, I'm staying, I'm being the city on the hill. You're the example to others. And that's what yes. that truly means to me is and people being are watching. the example. And yeah. people are watching. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because and you know, when I first started really dealing with some stuff several years ago, of what it really means mm. to give it all to God and really have to put it in his hands because there's absolutely nothing else you can do nothing you can do 
And, and you know, I, I had been famous. For, oh, give it to God, give it to God, give it to God. And then all of a sudden, I was in a place where I had zero power. Yeah. I couldn't do a dang thing. And he's had to bring my stubborn self to that level so many times. <laughs> so many. I, it's, it's laughable because like, I'm like, yeah. And I'm just like trying to fix everything, do everything. I've got this. I'm amazing. And then like God's like, you, you ready for me to step in now, yeah. now that you're yeah. on your face? Like, when, when he will give it to me. Yeah. You know, and even yesterday, you know, and I'm not a parent. Um, when I walked through it, I had to really let go of my ex-husband, then husband, and really hand it over to God. And there was mm -hmm. nothing I could do about it. But we were praying for somebody yesterday and it was you know, something they're going through with their child. And this, I was like, oh, I, you know, I feel it on in a way from what I went through, but I can only imagine like when it's your child and you have to say, okay, God, I, and like, I can speak on like, part of my testimony is like, we went through three miscarriages before we had our oldest son. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, even that was one of those like come to Jesus moments. And I remember like my best friend at the time just said the simplest words where she was like, you cannot care what everyone else wants you to do. You have to give it to God. And I remember having that mm. breakthrough moment and where like, I was angry at God. And I mean, I hadn't opened my Bible in probably close to a year just because of all the hurt and the pain. And I remember just laying in our bed in our apartment and I was just like, like that's all like I just had that breath yeah. where I was just like there's nothing else that I can do like she was right and just laying there and I opened my bible and I just saw Isaiah you know seven like milk and honey shall he eat and I was like to me like those words were the peace of God like washing over me mm. where it was all this loss and all this pain and like why me and why are there no because that was the frustrating part is there was never answers for us right it was just like we don't know why you can't have a baby. We don't know why you're having all these losses. And I just remember like reading those words and the peace of God like flowing through me. And I just remember speaking to God, if you ever give me a son, I will name him Isaiah. Oh. And then I just said, but if not, you are still good. Yes. And I had oh, never spoken girl. that in my life, like ever spoken that to God. And at this point, I'm like 27 you know, years mm -hmm. old and I just remember like, and I just took a nap. Like, <laughs> you know, it was like this weirdest, like I took a nap and my husband comes home and he's like, the Bible's on the bed. I've got drool on my face. And I was just like, I'm okay. And I remember like, cause that day I was supposed to go to like this high upscale, like infertility clinic. And I, I hadn't gone and he's like, are you? And I was like, I was okay. I'm okay. And it was like that moment on, like it was no longer a hyper focus for us. And so we go through all that. We have Isaiah, have Noah, like, no. The kids are Love like, it. I mean, my, my kids are like 17 months apart. So it tells you like how yeah. Noah was a shock. And then I remember <laughs> at like two, we started noticing things about Isaiah that were like, mm. and like being, you know, in the mental health field myself, like, you know, I didn't want to diagnose my child. I didn't want to right. admit that things were going on until others said it. And I just remember at the time when he finally, he was so severe at like two years old that they diagnosed him at three. Like on his third birthday, we were right in, and I remember that gut punch and that first reaction was anger at God. Like, how do you bring me through this? Right. And then this happens hmm. and I'm alone. And like, I remember just like, how dare you? And I remember just like sitting there and I apparently was just so like 
when I heard the words. And I remember our advocate at the time, she puts her hand on me and she said, you're going to be okay, but I need you to get help. And as soon as she said help, I literally felt the presence of God, like just mm. upon me. Yes. And God Ooh. saying, I am here. Who I felt that. Like, I am mm. here. And then it was like that peace again. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, I never felt alone on the journey that we are with him with autism. And there were moments where I was like, you know, like, I think every parent is like, I have my kid and, these, and this is what I want them to be. There were even moments where I had to look back and God go, he is my son. And he is how I designed him to be. Yes. And so even just walking through those things where it was like, you gave me this thing and now this is happening. And I just, God is still God. Yes. And I look at now, I can see where I've helped so many others walk through that. And so for me, like that's being the salt and light, right? Like where you're, it's not about me because that's, that's the biggest thing we always have to like, you know, realize it's not about me. Right. And I think that for me, the way I grew up and the culture I grew up in, in Dallas, Texas, like the big hair and you can't go to Walmart without the mascara and the lip gloss and all the things. From a fellow Texas girl. Yes, I get it. And so to hear, it's not about you. Yeah. Take a breath. I'm walking you through this and it's, I'm not walking this for you. I'm walking for others. Yes. I've been amazed. The stuff I walked through, like in my marriage and my divorce and everything, I've had people who've contacted me since then that were, I was around in Kentucky when all Mm -hmm. of it was going down and, at the beginning of our uh, of the struggles and what I went through, and they've been like, you know, I go through stuff in my marriage, and I think back to watching you, and I think, and I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm okay, great, that yeah. is salt and light. Yeah, and, I'm, and I should have brought not... Kleenex over here. What the heck? We are <laughs> we're starting we're with crying. a bang. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and I think the reality of it too is, and I think that's for me why I share the ugly too because. Yeah. I could curate my Facebook to look like an amazing view. Oh, I'm oh. here at this one. Oh, yeah. Look at how pretty. And... And look at this pastry and this cupcake. And, and look at my tutu. Right. <laughs> All the things. All the unicorns and, and rainbows. rainbows and... and that is part of who I am. Mm-hmm. But the reality is I cannot be a true disciple of Christ if I don't let people see the ugly parts, too. It's true. Because you think, like, it's like Paul literally is like, I am writing you from prison. I love you. You know, (laughs) as the vulnerability of showing the imperfect, like, we would love to put forth this. Right. Look at what's happening. Look at the pretty picture. Look at what's going on. And um, I think back to um, I was going through, I was given a prophetic word not long, um, maybe five months after my ex and I first separated. And it was interesting because the guy looked at me and he goes, this is really interesting. He said, God orchestrated something that was so embarrassing that you would never want to happen. Mm. And it was the divorce. I was like, this is something I never in a million years would like, nope, we are going to make this work. That's what you do. And, uh, and he was like, but God rescued you Mm. and you are no longer in darkness. But it had to come, the the not pretty picture had to come out and it had to be the real thing. And this is what people need to see so that they can understand that there is healing, that you are lighting the path. 
for others who also need to see and who aren't, so they aren't sitting there in this dark place going, how do I maneuver in this situation? Right. Because I have plenty of those places. And then one of the things you just said was like embarrassing. And I remember I am a seminary school dropout. Oh, <laughs> but one of like the few, we, we had to really dive into like what salt and, you know, and like do the research and what it meant and like Hebrew culture. And I remember at that point, you know, going through my things and I was like, I will not be tasteless salt. Oh, yes. Because that is what the enemy wants us to do, right? Like we're walking through this and we have the shame and we've shed these tears and we bear these scars. And the enemy wants, you're embarrassing. No one wants to hear that. Ooh, look at you. You're damaged. I refuse to go through the fire and not come out with some flavor. Like that <laughs> is the honest truth. Like you. Hey, smoked meat is the best meat. It's the best meat. <laughs> You know, and it's like, and to me, it's just like, I got, now I got to spread that flavor to everybody else. Yes. Like, look, taste and see the delights of the Lord. Yeah. Because I have walked through this, not for me, but for you. Yeah. To wake you up and to help you and heal you. Yeah. Because of the grace of God of what I've walked through. Amen. Ooh, that's so good. What a good word. Mm. Um. Can you share a personal experience where you've had to rely on your faith to be a source of light and positivity during a difficult time? Mm. I think definitely probably when I got really sick um, mm -hmm. after my having my thyroid, my cancerous thyroid removed, I thought I was wearing a mask because I was like, I have to protect my boys. I have to put on a face. But when I wa finally walked out of the hospital after nine days, I remember like one of the nurses saying to me, I'm sad that you're leaving because you, your room is a presence. Like it is like a beacon of peace. Oh. And he said, we, he said, we don't feel that in the hospital. Yeah. And, and I knew that was from God. And I remember the moment when he put that upon me, like put that literal shield and hedge around me because it's like, you know, when you're that out of it, like I was literally on desk when I walked, I don't know how I walked into the ER doors. Right. But, and I remember like finally panicking because the hospital was really good at not telling me what was going on until like literally they were like, oh, you're going to ICU. And then I was in ICU and I was literally at the deathbed and I like, like by the nurse's station. And so when it hit me what was going on and I was just like, oh, and God's like, first of all, what, what's the worst thing that's gonna happen? And I said, I'm gonna die. And he said, and the first face you will see is mine. Right. And then mm. I said, but what about, and I said, that's great. Like, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good and all, but. <laughs> but. Right, like, <laughs> yeah, I had the audacity. Uh, <laughs> hey, but I've got other concerns here, God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, but it, it was like, but my boys. And he said, right, you let me take care of this right now. And it was like, it was very authoritative, but it was like very, like, it was like almost like he breathed peace into me. Oh. And so from that moment on, it was just like, okay, we don't know what to do with you. And we don't know how you're going to let. And I was like, okay. And it was just like. God's got this. Yeah. And, and I actually really mean it. I am not just saying and things. That's exactly. I completely trust God. When I tell you the nurse was going to come in my room after like hours and be like, we forgot you were in here because you're just so calm and you're so quiet and like or they would just come in and just talk to me because they're like we just need a break we just need some peace and quiet and I realized me just laying back and letting God take like the helm of everything again not about me 
but it, it was a reprieve for all the staff. All you were releasing the people, peace. Right. And just laying there. And I was like, as long as I had a cupcake and my Starbucks, <laughs> I was good. <laughs> I literally I, I turned the TV on, whatever I wanted to watch. It was just like, mom vacation, yeah. mom, like whatever it was <laughs> for nine days. And it was just, it was what it was. Mm. In the face of adversity, how do you maintain a focus on God and view him as a constant presence? Mm. Again, I don't always do this well. Oh, girl. <laughs> but I will say one of my <laughs> tools is definitely my prayer it's a process. It's, oh. It is a refining by fire. Like yes. When they, that visual of like holding gold and letting it drip and purify. Like, but I think that journal... Because I can go back and look Amen. from like prayers and things from years and years past. And I go, okay, God, you did it before. We're going to do exactly. it again. As I've walked through the last six months have been, you know, very tumultuous for me in different ways. But I, I have, what has walked me through it is going through and remembering, oh, wait, this is how you handled it all these other times. Why would you not do the same thing now? Mm. You know, something I tell when I work with, you know, clients, people, whatever, one of my favorite things to tell them to do is to go in and create a God timeline to put it. I like to keep mine in my computer because I remember things at different times and I'd have to erase things and make it a fit, but you do in a laptop, you can, (laughs) but to have that timeline and we'll look through it and go, and then God did this and this and this and this. And then I have my prayer journals where when I hear from God, I write it down And it's so funny because years and years ago, it was a little star here and there where I heard God's voice. Mm -hmm. Now entire entries are me listening to God. Like I have just grown so much and I listen for him so much more Mm -hmm. now, but to go back through those and I'm, I'm like, I don't even remember when he gave me these words and whatever. And this is so powerful. And I'll just sit there and be like, God, you're so good. You're so good. And I think it's. I had someone saying a mentor a long time ago say, you know, we have muscle memory, but we need to have flesh memory mm. where in those times where we're like, you know, like gut punch or whatever we're going through, what is your flesh memory? You know, and it's a weird thing to say because our flesh obviously will never align with God. That's why we need Christ right. every day, every minute. But what does my flesh remember of my father? Mm. And that he's good and he's merciful and he's loving, you know, and I just think. He's a provider. He provides what we need. Yeah. Jaira, you are enough. He is all. Oh, that's so good. Mm. How does the understanding that God allows both the good and the bad shape your perspective on life's challenges? It takes the bitterness away. Mm-hmm. It takes the, my father doesn't want to see me suffering, mm-hmm. but whether it's my own decisions or this is the path that has to get me from A to Z, mm-hmm. he's never going to leave me and he is never unaware of what's happening. Yeah. And so just the comfort of, you know, you see, I think on social media, it was like, you know, I would have pulled, you know, David out of the line or whatever out of the pit and all the things. It's like, yes, because that's what I would do, right? Because right. my human response 
is to rescue, rescue, rescue every time. Yes. But it only took one rescue for me to be his. Hmm. And one rescue for him to never leave my side. And so I think that's just that reminder that he is there, that the rescue might not look like what I want it to look like. Wasn't my plan yeah, right, at all. Right, because I'm like, my rescue would look like, you know, an Italian villa somewhere <laughs> all the time with servants. I don't know where it's coming from, but, you know, it's like the rescue is the story. The rescue yes. is the testimony. It so is. And it's so cool to have those testimony stories to be able to share with others. Yeah. Because testimony builds faith. Right. And that's part of the reason I just, I was so drawn and God was so persistent maybe on me starting this podcast. He was mm -hmm. like, you know, there are so many stories out there from people and those stories, those testimonies help build faith of others. People need to hear these stories. And, and the, the enemy wants you to remain quiet. Oh, yeah. He wants you to bear the shame. But that's not true because I have a redeemer. Right. And that's the reminder, too, is like I have a rescuer and I have a redeemer. And he will refine and make this new. Mm. How can you provide practical examples of how one can be a source of light and hope in the midst of difficult circumstances. I will say a big one for me, again, is like that testimony and share your truth. Mm -hmm. But let others be there for you. Ooh. Because that's hard to do. It's hard to do. And I will say, let me preface this discerning who's going to be there for you. Yes. Because there are many testimonies and journeys that I don't have the same army standing beside me but you are a blessing when you let others bless you yes you build trust and community when you let others bless you and stand beside you and I think people say blessing it's not always in handing you a check it's the friend coming over and cleaning your house and sweeping your floors when you have no energy to get out of bed or the friend driving you to your doctor's appointment or the friend where you can just text them and be like, I hate everything. And they remind you, you know what? Maybe we start with a shower. When's the last yeah. time you shower? <laughs> yes. And yeah, to help me, you pull out of that right, place. Right. And you don't, sometimes like you get so in your head, you don't realize how low you've gotten. Yeah. And it's like that reminder, right? Like Moses as great as Moses was, he still had to have people lifting up his arms. And so I think our weakness is a way to invite God in. Yeah. And so, you know, those are the things. It's like, realize where you are. Recognize that God needs to be right next to you. Whether that's your praying and your work. I mean, there have been times where I just, I'm not going to pray. I'm just going to be stubborn. Fine turn on some worship music but mm -hmm. when you go back to that letting others bless you having people because you're building this army beside you for this journey that you're on and then they're gonna pray you can't pray they're gonna pray yep they're gonna remind you of who you are they're gonna remind you of who god is to you mm -hmm. rest we are so i know i'm awful at it like i okay okay I can't stop. Well, I can't part stop. of what Carl, their culture is all about 
doing more is good and and it's confusing and you must be lazy if you're not doing 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 do it but scripture tells us you know like when jesus made one of his biggest battles he he was gone yeah he was gone getting you know ministered to and cared for and i think what makes us think that we are above that right I'd say another one is staying in the word and that's not something I want to do in those moments at all. I don't. And, and I actually just said this, I was, um, I had Jaquel on and we were talking about it and I said, you know, in those moments, my thought process, which is totally of the enemy Mm -hmm. is I'm going to read something totally irrelevant to what I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. And that is just about never the case. Like God still shows up in something he sends me to the right place to read the right thing. He, I mean, Amazing. Even, even if like it just like you know those moments where it's like has nothing to do with you're going, but it distracts you because there's like a word of knowledge or this wisdom you have gained. I've read this piece of scripture 80 times, but yeah. now 81 and I'm God, like you're downloading this wisdom because I sat down and I was still for a moment to hear your voice and hear your word. Yep. And now I have a new battle plan. Which also brings me back to the journaling. Mm hmm. Not only to maintain what's going on now and hear from God in a new light, but to go back and read and remember God showing up for you in the past. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's been, it's happened a few times recently where, you know, that I've been reminded that the enemy coming against you too is, is, (laughs) this sounds so weird. Something to be celebrated because it you is. know that it's something not, so good is on the other side. Yeah. It, and I think people need to understand, like, we were not placed here for it to be like rainbows and whatever. Like, as much as I love rain, whatever <sighs> it is. But it's like, if you are not facing adversity, you need to look at what you're doing. Yeah. Fruit comes from that adversity. Yeah. What what role does prayer play in your journey of keeping your eyes on God, particularly during tough times? Um, Prayer to me really is me bearing witness to God, Mm -hmm. like really just talking to him, pouring out my heart, giving. And I think I always especially depending on my attitude that is how my prayer starts out. I hear you. It's like, I've been really grumpy. I've already yelled at people six times. Like (laughs) I probably need to start with gratitude. And so it really just like grounds me, like reshifts my focus. And then I get to talk to God and like, and I think people are like, stop being so formal with God when you're talking to him. Yes. Like honor him, like recognize who he is to you, but be like, God, you know, I am really mad at you right now. Let's work it out. Let's work it out. And then give him time to respond and to speak to you. And it's just like this, you know, he can take it. He can take it. He can take it. (laughs) He's ready for it. He wants you to be vulnerable with him. And that is vulnerability, right? He wants that vulnerability because he wants to bring you some peace. And like, how foolish are we to think like, I'm hiding this anger from God. (laughs) Like I'm hiding this. And I think 
give it give him the anger then so it does not root in bitterness yeah because we all know bitterness like we just start doing real dumb things and making real dumb mistakes and and thinking we don't need god but give him that moment of anger let him heal it let him speak to you let him reveal things to you so that you can move on and partner with him in the right way he brought some understanding to me earlier this year or maybe it was late last year um, you know, of things I walked through in my marriage of hurts and things and my constant response. Oh, God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. Mm-hmm. And because I wanted to portray this solid thing going on, you know, I didn't want people to really know what mouth. was happening. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but also it, I was not then experiencing those things. So what God did was would bring those things to mind. Like I had probably a four or five month period where I'd be driving in the car and I'd get a memory of something and I would start sobbing. Yep. And it's because I never went through and experienced the feelings I needed to feel when I was so hurt. Right. I'd be like, Oh, nope. It's okay. God's got this. It's okay. God's got this. And he needed me to experience that hurt because what it did was it brought me closer to him. Yeah. Allowing him to give me some peace and comfort and allowing me to recognize God's here for me. God's here for me in this horrible moment. He was here for me then, but I didn't allow him to comfort me. Right. And then what, what built up in the time where you kept slipping on more and more. And you know, and I have a moment like that. It was like, you know, after, coming out of the hospital and my life was completely or my whole whatever I had thought my life was going to be like was completely different like relying on all these medications and all these things yeah. and my body was never going to be the same and I had become this angry bitter person like angry towards mm. my husband angry and I remember like my best friend coming to visit just to check because she knew I wasn't right I wasn't the same and then she sat down and she said you got a lot a lot going on a lot and she said but one thing Ken said to me, he said, and it's, she said, this is not who you are. She said, he said, I just want her to be nice to me. Oh. And I was like, oh, and then I was, I remember like that next morning, everybody was gone out of the house and I just fell like, like I just fell down on the ground and I was probably on that ground on that carpet for two hours, just crying. And it gave me a chance like to listen to God again and just release all of it. And then to repent and to be like, God, like, do not let me get here again because I just yeah. trying to make life the way it was and everything's fine. And we'll slip on this mask and everything's good. And God, I'll talk to you later about it. Give it to him. Right. You know, we always talk about, you know, did you talk to God about before you called your friends? Probably not. Right. You know what? I'm, I'm putting the pieces together right now. What also happened in that time of me not experiencing the emotions and handing it to God was it was allowing resentment to build up Mm -hmm. and resentment got a very strong hold on me Mm -hmm. during those, during that time. And Mm -hmm. when I finally released it, it, I felt like I'd lost 20 pounds for one, but like the freedom I experienced was crazy. The weight lifted and, but it's, there's, it's giving, it's giving the enemy a place to take hold, take hold and... to, to, to slip into sins, you know, and like we always think of sin like these big things, but like 
bitterness, angerness, like quick to anger, like the opposite of all the fruit. Right. You know, like I was, my home was not a peaceful place because I was so focused on what had happened to me, right? Me, 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 me. I was being very tasteless at that point. Oh, very yeah. tasteless. And it was a not a good salt. Word. They throw out that salt. Yes. That salt's the stuff that they throw out they and throw out. is useless. Right. Oh, man. Mm. How do you strike a balance between acknowledging the difficulties in life and maintaining a positive, faith-filled outlook? Um, that quiet time, mm. in my word. Being honest with myself and those around me. Mm-hmm. You know, because even what we're going through now, it's like when I get the phone call or get the test result or whatever it is, talking to my husband, because that's my partner, right? Talking to my close circle. And then there is such freedom for me in releasing the truth. So people will tell me, oh, you share too much. I'm like, trust me, I don't share enough because there's some hot mess going on in my house. But <laughs> releasing my truth because it sets others free. Mm-hmm. And what I may feel like is a moment of vulnerability, is a moment of showing, okay, I've walked through all of this, right? Like God is here. I've been honest with God. I've been honest with the people who love me and care about me. I'm being honest with myself. And I'm putting a spotlight on my weakness, but showing you where God's about to come in and fill in all those cracks. And so I have to do that. So it's like giving it to God, being real, authenticity right and not curating this moment you know where you see oh i'm going through this but i'm fine and we're great and right it's all good. instagram no. smiles yeah yeah no it's not it's ugly and it's raw and it's real and it's hard but i have a bigger god yeah for sure that's awesome in what ways do you think being salt and light in challenging situations can impact not only your own life but also the lives of those around you. Legacy. Legacy has been a big word that God has given me for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Because as much as I would like God to be like, here's what's going to happen in the next 10 years. <laughs> Shoot, the next two months, I'd be good. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I have to leave a legacy, whether my time ends an hour from now or 50 years from now. Mm-hmm. What did my legacy say? And I remember I had a relative that was just like, I just want my tombstone to say she loved God and she loved others well. And that is what sat with me because I want people to see no matter what I dealt with, no matter how ugly it's gotten, Mm -hmm. I loved God and I loved others. Mm. Yeah. And that's to me like what it really means is at the end of the day, you know, that last breath, whatever it is, she loved God. And if she can love God through all of it, mm-hmm. then I can at least talk to him for a little bit. Right. People are watching. Yeah. People are watching so much more than we realize. Yeah. Hmm. How can individuals navigate the tension between acknowledging pain and suffering while still holding on to belief, the belief uh, in a constant and loving God. Mm-hmm. I think my reference for that is always, you know, like count it all joy, mm-hmm. because I think that is so like counterculture to what we're taught in church now, right? Like that, you know, 
pray harder and then you'll get that Mercedes Benz or whatever else. You know, it's like never. And if we even look at the story, like Jesus was never, he never had anything of his own. He counted on like other people giving and being faithful. Mm-hmm. And I think just recognizing, I keep saying like, it's not about me. Like blessing, like I've really made it a point the last like this month, like every day, you know, like the reflection of what my life may be but there's always joy to be had in it. There's mm-hmm. absolutely always joy. You know, like I posted yesterday, it was like, as much as I'm facing and going through, and I don't know what my life's gonna be like in the next three months, but I woke up today and I found joy and running errands and sneaking a crumble cookie and having two Starbucks that day or whatever. It may, but there is joy <laughs> to be found in everything that we do. And there's going to be adversity. This is not our final home. This is not, mm-hmm. we, are, we are here on a mission. Yeah. And so there's going to be like, please tell me what war has ever been fought where it was, they just went in and it was hung. They lost nobody. Everything was great. Right. And it was fine. And they all came out and it was fabulous. That's not the truth. Even if you're looking at it from an earthly perspective, like that yeah. is not the truth of what battle is. No. And so when you have that realization in your mind and really just day by day, minute sometimes it's for me it really is minute by minute hour by hour Mm -hmm. god give me the grace for this one day to get through it because i know and i think that was that realizing for me too for so long it was like waiting for the other shoe to drop i can't live like that right Um, i can't live like that no that's anxiety (laughs) amen (laughs) (laughs) that's what we call anxiety Anxiety. yeah Yeah. we don't need that it's like ultimately joy is a choice. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely a choice no matter what we're facing, what we're going through. So I could be poor, pitiful me and shut myself in and never speak to anybody. How miserable is that? There's so much freedom in realizing how that you can trust God. Yeah. I think because we can't see and touch. I say, I say we. I think as a global perspective of people not understanding who God is that they can't see him or hear him. They don't understand that they can. Um, It's hard to put your trust in that. Mm -hmm. But I tell you what, when you experience him and when you have intimacy with him, it's a lot easier. It's not easy. It's just easier. (laughs) I need to trust him and realize that in the middle of this chaos right now, I have no idea what's coming. No idea. Come on. You know? As much as a control freak in me wants to know what's coming. Paychecks and everything. I want everything lined up and to have control of all of it. I have none of that. Yeah. But I still feel joy. And that joy is coming from the fact that I know I can trust God. Right. And that's exciting to me. That is terrifying and exciting. And I have joy. Think about it. Like, think about what you would just miss out on. Oh my gosh. If you chose to just shut yourself in. Yeah. And, you know, it's like that realization of I can do this my way, which is going to be miserable and awful and ugly. And there's not going to be anything at the end of this. Or I can do it with God. And bring light into the situation. Right. Because really, if you think about the alternative is depression and anxiety and frustration and worry. And as I say those words, the picture on my mind is darker and darker and darker and darker and and darker. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, who? Oh, I don't want I think, that. You know, like I'm getting signed to. You know, but it's like there is like you know you think about it, there really is no color black. It's just the absence of light. Yes. So to me, it's almost like thinking of like now I've created this darkness in my mind that only is truly the absence of light. of light. The darkness. It's an absence of light. It's true. Mm. I'll bring that light back. We need the light. Yeah. Salt and light. Open up a window. Turn on some praise music. Oh, yes. Start some journaling. And I mean, you know, sometimes I can't journal. And the worship music is really Turn on. the step, the first step. And that helps wipe away some of the darkness. Yeah. Helps get rid of it. Are there specific Bible verses or teachings that have been particularly meaningful um, to you in understanding and applying um, the concept of being salt and light? It's or probably, just in general? I was going to say, like, the ones I hold on to are probably going to make no sense to anybody else and why I picked them. It's okay. That makes sense to you. Um, obviously, like, the Isaiah verse from my mm-hmm. Isaiah, because I can look back and how I walked, and that was, that was the hope that I held on to. Um, I think this season of life... Um, Oddly enough, someone else gave me this verse, but it really, you know, the, the dry bones. Mm. Um, yeah. Because there are so many days where I do, or this body feels like dry bones. But then I think, come out of that grave, you know, like, wake up. And there are definitely days where I have to choose to come out of that grave. Um, man, but I think, yeah, I think those two are definitely because that, especially when with Isaiah, I can look back and go, that was the hardest time of my life. Like whether it was conceiving or like hearing his diagnosis. Yeah. But milk and honey shall he eat all the day, you know? And so it was like, that brings me back of God. This is where you brought me from the goodness of who you are. And I think just that the dry bones and it's like, yes, these bones are dry without you, Mm. but you have called me to wake up. Yes. And you're giving me an army to, to get through it and to defeat it. Mm. And he's made you a warrior. Mm. And he's walking through every step of it with you. Yeah. Like you're never alone. He's a part of it, helping you, mm-hmm. creating that testimony. Yeah. That builds faith in so many others as they watch. Yeah. Full circle. And I think that's really, you know, someone out there like, why do you keep doing it? And why, you know, when you're tired or whatever. And I remember... Someone one day literally just Googled like my diagnosis and they were like, is there ever a time where you're not in pain? And I said, no, it's just the level of pain that I'm in that day. Mm -hmm. And I said, I could sit here in my pain or I can give you joy because giving you joy gives me, you know, it's it's, it's like contagious. It's like when someone's laughing, like how do you not start laughing? So I can sit here in the pain or I can be a light giver and what does that speak to my sons what yeah. am i leaving them if if i'm just wallowing in whatever it is because what is that teaching them and how is that teaching them to rely on god oh yeah i mean i, I have a whole image of them you know being able to say mom went through all of this and she was still always a light and you know leaned on god and trust i've just seen um we were in the hospitals in the hospital a few weeks ago praying for um patients there and a man was there with his mom who'd suffered a stroke at some point and he just kept talking about how amazing she was and how she had always 
you know, how she had raised him up and how she had, you know, trusted in Jesus and like all the, like, he just went on and on and on about his mom and how amazing she was and how that relationship that she had with Jesus had impacted him so much. And that's what that makes me think of, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, he was in his fifties there next to his mom going, I'm just, I, I'm trying to live up to the amazing example that she set the legacy in that her, she yeah. exactly, in her love of Jesus. Yeah. And I mean, I can, I tell people, I'm like, I promise you, my children have been to more ministry events, more chapel things, folding <laughs> chairs, watching me pray over people where they, I mean, it's, it's like, it emboldens them yeah. to want to see that and want to do that. That becomes normal. Right. That is, that's what you, what do you mean? That's not what you do. Right. What do you mean that's awkward? That's not awkward. That's what you do. They get so mad. Like if I'm like, oh, well, no, you can't go. Like, oh, you're going to saturated. We can't go. <laughs> like, you know, and it's just like just those things where it's like, yes. And, and I think, and honestly too, then with me being honest to a certain extent with my boys has taught them to be more empathetic and sympathetic and to be like, how are you feeling? To, like, to be to genuine, truly loving people. Yeah. To have the compassion to understand, right? And so that's like, be compassionate to those who are weaker than you. Yeah. And it's really taught them to be those, you know, I'm watching my, you know, watching my 12 year old wake up. I'm going to cook breakfast for everybody today. You know, it's just like, okay. because, so you sweet. know, I, mom, I can tell you're not feeling good. You know, just, okay. Empathy is learned. Empathy is an advanced skill. You know this, yeah. you know this from all of your education and your time and mental health and yeah. empathy is learned. And there are people out there who haven't learned it at all. And so again, it's that legacy. It's that here we are, here's what we're dealing with, but how are we going to do, how are we going to choose to deal with it? Yeah. So many good things. And y'all can probably hear my dogs like freaking out. The UPS guy drove by and that's why I saw the, I was like, oh, here it comes. And now they're, they're losing their marbles. They are. They are. This my is their joy. Serious protectors. <laughs> so if people wanted to get in contact with you or connect with you, how might they be able to do that? Um, so my, I do have a web page. It's being revamped, so don't judge me. But it's theglitterfromashes.com. Uh-huh. But I am more active on social media. Um, I have a Facebook and Instagram page. Um, I have one published devotional that's been out for about four years now. I have one coming out at the end of this month, which is like a year long daily like devotional. How exciting. Um, that's coming up. And then, you know, I do speaking events and I plan. And so that was my, you know, like fear of like everything I'm going through right now. But God really called me to turn my ministry more into a consulting business mm-hmm. um, and really encouraging women um, to use their voice. Amen. I love that. That's so good. Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I think there have just been so many powerful things we've talked about here. And anyone who listens is going to come away with, you know, encouragement and wisdom. And I just, I appreciate you. I want to thank you for joining me and my special guest, Denise Jolly, this week on the Salty and Shiny Life podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you have any desire to connect with me or ask me questions or talk about anything, you can find me at erinmathena.com or you can find me pretty easily on Instagram and on Facebook. 